Welcome to Into the Glory Zone with me, Dr. Edith Davis on 94.1 FM Wave 94. Spiritual believers and listeners, as you know, I've been talking about um, how to divorce-proof your marriage for uh, several series, and then most recently I have been talking about The Great Awakening, Part 1, Part 2, and Part 3, and then I shared a special word that God had given me about preparing people for the great wealth transfer. And starting this Sunday, June 27th, at 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. at All Nations Church, which is off of Share Road in Tallahassee, Florida, across from Fun Station and in the same plaza as Chuck E. Cheese, we will start our first class on how to be prepared for the great wealth transfer. So, we are going to be using a, a book called The Blessed Life by um, Dr. Robert Morris, who is the senior pastor of Gateway Church in um, Texas, which is, I guess, is outside of Fort Worth, Texas, between Fort Worth, Texas and Dallas, Texas. And I've been listening to his teachings for several years. And what's awesome about Dr. Robert Morris is that he practices what he teaches. And basically, it's been a journey for him, like it's a journey for all of us. Just like Abraham had his journey and God took um, Pastor Robert Morris on his journey and taught him the principles of having the blessed life. Um, I'm just going to briefly go over the content of this this class and we are going to be talking about chapter one, which is the unexpected adventure that you have once you surrender to God. And and live the dream life he has for you You're going to be excited About what God has in store for you And then you got chapter 2 God must be first Chapter 3 Life not law Chapter 4 The principle of multiplication Chapter 5 Breaking the spirit of mammon Chapter 6 It takes the, a heart transplant Chapter 7, Do the Right Thing. Chapter 8, The Gift of Giving. Chapter 9, God's Reward, Good Stewardship. Chapter 10, Need, Greed, or Seed. Chapter 11, God's Reward, Generosity. God Rewards Generosity. Chapter 12, Guaranteed Financial Results. After Afterwards, God's roadmap for a blessed life. And then, of course, we have the appendix as a study guide and endnotes. And like I said, I'm excited about living the blessed life, living the higher life. And I know that God has something special for every listener that listens to this broadcast and all those who come to the class starting this Sunday at 9 a.m. at All Nations Church on Sherrill Road, which is the same name used to be Christian Heritage Church, but now our name changes All Nations Church. 
And uh, many Christians think that living by faith is hard when the truth is the exact opposite. Faith is the easiest, simplest, and most productive way to live. The life of faith only becomes difficult when you try to mix it with works. Our faith is a requirement for receiving anything from God, and it is His desires that we live on a higher level of faith. In this transform transformational teaching, we teach that living on a higher level of faith is a spiritual process that takes the struggle and the toil out of our lives and delivers supernatural results that no devil or human can delay or deny. It is that type of faith that gives us control or dominion over all the works of darkness and over all the natural laws of this earth. Faith is the way God gets things done in the earth and he won't change. He prefers not to come down to our level. He did that when he sent Jesus. Rather, he insists we come up to his level. Why? Because that is where you are designed to live the higher life. Okay, so I want to share something that just happened. And I'm going to start my another prayer journal. I used to have a prayer journal when I first started walking in the supernatural with God. And it was given to me by my um, she gave me the diary, um, my girlfriend, Gwen Lee, good girlfriend, Gwen Lee. And she um, basically gave me this beautiful little journal and I wrote in there. Um, prayer requests Not only my prayer requests But other people's prayer requests And then when the prayer was answered I would write across Answered prayer and read And it was such a Tremendous faith builder Because at the end of the year I would go Through the journal and I have all These answered prayers It was just phenomenal And I'm going to start it again Again because I pray a lot of prayers and they get answered. I mean, God is just so awesome. And um, so basically, I have really good friends, um, um, Mark and Jan. They're members of our church. And they are the sweetest couple you would want to meet. And when I first arrived to my in my church, uh, Mark and Jan were one of the first couples to invite me to their home for dinner. And matter of fact, I was all alone on Thanksgiving because I was divorced. And so um, my former husband, Warren, he got the kids for Thanksgiving. So I was alone and he knew this. And for three Thanksgivings in a row, um, he invited me and and I was ecstatic. As a matter of fact, they set me at the head of the table and um, just to let you know, Jan and Mark are Caucasians. They are not. They are not African American, which I am. And I was the only African American there, and I was treated like one of their daughters. It was such a wonderful example of the Christ type of love that Christians have for one another, not based on people's colors of their skin. 
is the fact that we are brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. So basically, they 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 got my heart. Um, you know, I would do anything for Mark and Jan. So um, Mark had asked me to pray for Jan, his wife, because her brother is not wasn't doing well. He was in the hospital, and they needed to um, get him into a facility. And the the one facility Jan was not very comfortable with. Um, it didn't have a very good reputation. And so she really didn't want her brother there. And the top two facilities had no beds available. And so there was a new facility, relatively new compared to the others, at Westminster. Well, I know that that's like one of the top of the line facilities because I have another, I call her my second mama, Dr. Gail. She lives there. And so I knew of the high quality of that facility. And so um, we were talking and I said, and she said, well, we, you know, we don't, they don't have any beds. I mean, no, she didn't say they didn't have beds, but she says, oh yeah, Westminster is, you know, that's really up there. I don't know if that's going to be available. I said, oh yes, it is. She said, well, it'll take a miracle. And I said, well, last time I checked, Jesus the Father, Daddy, you, hey, bye, and Lord God, Holy Spirit, were in the miracle working business. So we prayed right then and there. And I prayed and I asked God, I said, God, you are the miracle worker. And Lord, I ask in the name of Jesus that the bed be opened up for Jan Foley's brother now in the name of Jesus. And I just thank you in advance for opening up the 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 door for for Mark and Jan's um, brother, um, Jan's brother, to have a room in that facility in Jesus' mighty name. And an hour went by, and Jan called. She said, Edith, Edith. I said, what? An hour after the prayer that you prayed, they have an opening for my brother at Westminster. I was so excited. I said, don't we serve an awesome God? I love me some Jesus, Jesus the Christ. I love Daddy God, you hey, bye, hey. And I love Lord God, Holy Spirit, because they always have our backs, guys. There's nothing, nothing impossible for God, nothing too small for God. Yes, He, he cares about every detail in our life, and including getting a bed for Jan's brother at Westminster's facility. I just love, love my Jesus. So I come into the studio and I'm all excited and I'm pumped up um, over, over the, um, over the facility. So it's, it's been really, really, really um, exciting to see God move and see God use us. Um, to to do great things for the kingdom. So I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, Daddy God, you have Lord God Christ Jesus, Lord God Holy Spirit, for opening up a bed for Jan's and Mark, Jan's brother and Mark's um, wife's brother. Um, at Westminster. So, 
let's kind of talk about uh, a kind of a sneak preview of what's going to happen this coming Sunday and what really is it all about. And one of the interesting things that came in my heart when God um, assigned this uh, to me is basically we're getting ready to get into some times where you are going to have to be able to operate in the supernatural when it comes to your finances. And what I mean by supernatural, I mean when everybody else does not have resources or everybody else does not have enough, you and your household have enough. As a matter of fact, you have more than enough and that you will be able to help others. Um, there are going to be uh, shortages. There are going to be rioting, I think, in some cases, in some cities. Because of the shortages, there are going to be things happening in this world, and in particular, the United States of America. And some of these shortages, shortages are going to be false shortages. Um, a lot of ways that people were receiving money is going to change. There's going to be a shift in the financial system in the United States of America and in the world. And I had a dream about this many, 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 many decades ago. I never forget it. It was one of my good friends and he had a, one of those silver, um, briefcases and he was taking money out of the country. But the interesting thing about the money in the dream, the dollar bills had red in them. And at that time, the, the new currency had not been created. And now I look at the new currency that we have and it's the, that color that I saw in the dream. So, um, so what God is doing is he always sends a, messenger. He always sends a witness. He always gives a warning. And those who have ears to hear will hear. And basically, I'm going to talk about your ability to be good stewards of your money and be listening to the Holy Spirit Um when you are listening to the Holy Spirit, when you are, how can I put it? Um, when you need or need anything, but also the Holy Spirit will give you um, a warning or he'll tell you to do something that will put you in a position where you will not be um, with the rest of planet Earth in in a, a position of, of famine and um, want and lack, but in a position of the abundant life, a position of prosperity, you'll be like an island, an oasis for people all over the world. Christians who listen and heed the word of the Holy Spirit will be like a, um, an oasis, an island of, of prosperity. And one of the interesting things I like about um, Pastor Robert Morris is that he has um, a a provision based um, perspective on money, what, meaning it's not about 
having a poverty mindset where money is bad and though, you know, money, you know, you shun money because, you know, you don't think um, having money is a godly thing or a prosperity mindset where only the wealthy, only the rich um, um, basically are the chosen ones and they're tapped by God. No, it doesn't work like that. God is a, has a provision based mindset. I was um, very excited about um, Jeff Bezos' ex-wife and all the, you know, the the money that she has given away, billions, of, you know, and she still has a lot more left, but she is giving away as, as much as she can to those who are in what? Need. And I just admire her so much because um, what she's doing is a good thing. And and the Gates, they also are big givers. But I really, I really admire people like Oprah Winfrey, who also is a big giver, um, and Tyler Perry and many others. A lot of athletes are big givers as well. But I like it when you see the people who are prospering, not forgetting people who are not as fortunate as they were, not did not have the doors open. Like they had the doors open. So what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be preparing those who listen and heed and hear the word that's being taught how to be prepared for the great wealth transfer. And what do I mean by the great wealth transfer? I, I mean exactly that. There is going to be a shift in the wealth, wealth that normally is in some quarters like the one percenters is going to be shifted to people in the kingdom of God is going to be shifted to the people who are good stewards and who have been faithful over the little because in God's mind money is little when you get to heaven the currency of heaven is faith. The streets are literally paved with gold and jewels and things like that are all over, scattered all over the ground. <laughs> that Their currency in the spiritual realm in heaven, which is the parent realm for our physical realm, money is not the currency. Faith is the currency. But God does give us the power to gain Wealth. That's right. God does give us the power to gain wealth. Um, I was really, really excited about this assignment because it was in the early 80s um, at the time. Um, I was just beginning. My, I had just recently gotten baptized um, in the Holy Spirit and um, my background is Roman Catholic. I was raised Roman Catholic. And um, so I knew about, you know, the Holy Spirit. And I was taught about the Holy Spirit along with Jesus and the Father. And so um, I found myself in Los Angeles, California with my former husband's first cousin, Angela. And she went to Andre Crouch's um, church where Andre Crouch Sr., as a matter of fact, was still alive. And they had Bible study on Tuesday nights. I never forget that. And I was in the courtyard 
And he was in the courtyard and just we started talking and he told me this uh, Andre Crouch Sr. told me that he had recently saw his wife and I knew his wife had passed away. So I, I knew that his time on this earth was drawing to a close. And he looked at me, he says, we want you to give the word on because they had overheard me talking about tithe and offerings. I had been given a revelation, a rhema word. And I was talking in the kitchen about how powerful it is and how people needed to have their eyes open and their ears open so they could see the power of tithing and the power of offerings. And, and it's really the gateway to wealth, right? A lot of people don't realize that. So, um, so I never forget it. I was, you know, I was raised Roman Catholic, but I knew a little bit about the Protestant faith. So my expectations were very low. I just wanted, thought they were going to call me when it was time when they took up the offering and I would say a few words and sit down. But so I was sitting way in the back and, and these two burly, large, um, elders from the church came, came down off the stage. They, they had, um, a collar, white collar and, um, they came on down. They walked all the way to the back. They got me, brought me, marched me up to the, to the stage, put me in the pulpit. And I was like, wow. You know, and at that time, I think Andre Crouch was on the stage with his twin sister, and there was somebody, I think she, they were from Australia, a young man. He was there um, to singing. It was the first Sunday of the month, and they had just had, had done new renovations of the church. So the church was packed out. And I got up there, and I was short and sweet, which means you know that wasn't me if you know me, because I love to talk. So... Um, so I get in the pulpit and I just tell them what the rhema word about tithing and how it's the gateway to wealth and that you're not giving your tithe, that you are returning what belongs to God. Um, it's basically 10% off the top. The first thing, if you make it second, third is no longer the tithe. Uh, it has to be first. God must be first before you pay any bill or do anything. You need to give the tithe. And one of the first things that happens, a lot of people, when they normally, most people who are tithers, they start off, they're in financial trouble because they, you know, when you violate the tithe and you don't give God your first fruit, the 10% off the top, um, then, then you open yourself up to the devourer. And Satan is going to try to steal, kill, and destroy you. So stuff will be breaking down. Unexpected expenses will be coming back and forth. Promotions will be delayed. You know, it's all sorts of things that happen. Um, when it comes to um, the tithe, and when you when you basically because either you, when you don't give the tithe, not give but return the tithe, you're basically stealing. So you're a thief, and you don't want to be stealing from God. That's just not a good thing. And um, so I'm going to be talking about that, and I'm going to go all the way back to Genesis. Most people they sit on Malachi chapter three, verse nine through I think it's ten or something like that. Um, and 
It's bigger than that. Tithing goes back to the beginning of the universe. God is a tither. He tithed. He gave his only begotten son. He had a tree. He always has something that is his, and he asks you to respect it and treat it and reverence it as his. And basically, the tithe represents the whole. So basically, you're telling God when you give him 10% 10% off the top, you're saying you're giving it symbolically everything that you have to God, even though technically you're keeping 90% of it, right? So when you are symbolic and you give, um, you give the tithe to your, to the, to the house of the Lord, to the storehouse of the Lord, um, then you are in compliance and you break the back of mammon. People don't even know about the spirit of mammon, but Satan doesn't have an anointing. But what Satan gives his people is money. But one of the problems with Satan's money is it's with much sorrow and death and destruction. So you don't want money from Satan because in the end is not a pretty picture. So, God gives without sorrow. He gives the Barak, the blessing of the Lord, which makes you rich, which enriches you, makes you wealthy, waxes you rich, waxes you wealthy. And Daddy God, you has no toil, no sorrow, no pain to the Barak, the blessing of the Lord. So... What happens is the first thing that happens that people, because you're you're usually in a deficit. So the first thing that happens to people with um, that are in a deficit is basically you don't want to tithe because you can't afford it. You still owe people and things like that. And the first thing that happens is peace comes upon you. All that pressure gets alleviated. And all of a sudden, money starts flowing. Extra money starts coming in. Um, people are more gracious to you and give you more time to pay your debts off. It's a lot of wonderful things that happen when you tithe. And also, it protects your job. It protects your life. It protects your children, your spouse. Tithing is awesome. You know, one of the interesting things, I like to watch um, Sid Roth. It's supernatural. And I just recently um, listened to a um, young man, and he basically talked about, you know, he was like 20-something years old, and he was, you know, in the, the minor leagues for tennis, and he was, you know, trying to be like a Serena or... You know, people like that. And he had a a pain in his abdomen. And so when he went in, they found out that he had a tumor the size of a golf ball. But this tumor was so aggressive that he was given just, guess what, 10 days to live. And so his mom and dad were believers. And he went to church and had people pray over him and he, and he got worse. He got worse. And, you know, nothing was happening and 
when he got back to the hospital, that tumor had grown to the size of a basketball, 10 inches across. So he looked like a pregnant man, basically. And so what ended up happening was he he basically um, he basically had um, uh, a cried out to God because he you know he wasn't given long to live. And as a matter of fact, it got to the point where he only had ten hours to live, and they had put him on the thirteenth floor of this hospital, which was you know. Um, that's the floor of you know incurables, and once you go to that floor, you don't you don't leave, you die. And so he prayed to God, and he said, you know, if he would save him, that he would dedicate his life to him. And that's what he had decided. And so the the first thing God, the Holy Spirit, did was give give him peace, and he said, now nah, I need you to deal with. Unforgiveness, and so there was one particular person that had wronged him, and he that had not forgiven this individual, and and he told God, he says, God, I, how am I going to reach that person? I don't even know their number, and all of a sudden, this number pops up in his head, and when the number pops up in his head, <clears throat> he calls it, and it's the guy, and he. He cleans it up. He forgives the guy and, you know, gets the relationship restored. But guess what the second thing he had to do? He had been working for over a year and had not tithed that entire year. And so he um, called his mom and dad and he told them he wrote a check and he says, please get this to the church. So he took care of that and it was another important step was God told him to take speak the word of God. You will live and not die and other very powerful scriptures because the word of God is life itself. And so he had them pasted on the walls in the in the hospital that he, room that he was in. And he pronounced the word and whose report are you going to believe? And Isaiah 53 by Jesus stripes. He was healed. And one of the things that had happened was his kidneys had already shut down. And guess what happened? His kidneys came back online. And so his kidneys were working. And just miraculous things started happening. And then the next thing that happened was God had him laugh because laughter is like medicine to to the body and to the bones. And, and so his father, they got a book of jokes and they just started telling jokes and he was laughing and things like that. Well, the long and short of everything, the, ter- the tumor disappeared. And they ran the CAT scan and the tumor was gone. But medicine, you know, they said, well, this is a very aggressive um, cancer. And if we need to, you need to go to this treatment of this cocktail, chemo cocktail, and to, to ensure, you know, that you'll be okay. And this is a very, very lethal, very toxic cocktail. As a matter of fact, he found out later that everybody that had this cocktail died. He was the only patient that survived the chemotherapy, right, and lived. And he took a six-month um, um, checkup, and the cancer was gone. And he, and the, that's when the doctor said, you're the only patient 
that has survived the lethal cocktail. So I just wanted to say, I hope you listeners who are in the area will come this coming Sunday, um, June the 27th at 9 a.m. at All Nations Church in the plaza where Chuck E. Cheese is across from um, Fun Station on Shear Road. And I will be teaching people how to be prepared for the great wealth transfer. And one of the things that you need to understand is try to evaluate yourself and see if you are a one-talent Christian, a two-talent Christian, or a five-talent Christian. And I'll explain more about that. But I want you to reflect on that. And we're going to discuss this more on how to be prepared for the great wealth transfer. Thank you. Thank you for joining me on Into the Glory Zone on Wave 94.1 FM with Dr. Edith Davis. Oh